Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your weekend is not complete without the first lady of New York radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. You are about to embark upon your Sunday adventure. Two o'clock, there we are. And we do the Joan Hamburg Show every Sunday, starting at two. And if you're a little late or too early, don't fret, because we podcast the show. And you can always go to our podcast. We have another podcast, too, called Let Me Tell You with lots of information, lots of guests. In fact, we've got a really interesting podcast on Let Me Tell You this week. You're going to get the lowdown from one of the leading health journalists on the baby aspirin story, on the latest on the vaccine, on the booster, and also with travel coming up, and you may have kids who are not yet vaccinated or it hasn't kicked in yet. What's the story? Should we get the booster? So my guest has unbelievable information. So don't fret. You can go right to let me tell you and find out everything. Now, today, such a good show, if I must say so myself. We've got, do you watch The Housewives? Most of you do. I have to confess, I did not watch it, maybe because I was always working. I wasn't around. But over the years, I've talked to, she was considered the number one housewife, Luann de Lesseps, Luann, from even before she became the number one, would come over. She actually lived near me in the country, and we knew each other, and then she took off and got herself married to a count. That was a good deal because, you know, she lost the husband, but she got the title. And if you asked her what was better, she probably would say the title because it got her a lot of places. And she's actually a very talented, hardworking. I like her. And you're going to like her too. She does, she, you know, she always had a voice, but that wasn't the housewife thing. But now her heart is in cabaret, and she's at one of the top cabaret clubs in the country. So Luann's going to come. It's always fun. I love to gossip with her and see what she's up to. And it's always nine things before breakfast. So we've got Luann. And then one of the mainstays of The View co-host. Joy Behar is coming on. Now, I never talk politics with my friend Joy. It's just we don't do that. I, You know, she's very opinionated. God bless her. That's why we all love America. We all have our own opinions. But a lot of you don't know that Joy 
is a playwright. Did you know that? I'm asking. No, you didn't know that, right? She's a really good playwright, very serious about it. She's a wonderful writer. And she has written comedies. And she has a new play that she's been workshopping and testing. It is so funny. I went to see it at Guildhall out in the Hamptons. They did a reading of it. And the audience was cracking up. So there's a lot to Joy Behar. And she's so serious about her writing and her plays. So I'm looking forward to her sharing all that with you. And what you also may not know, that WABC Radio is celebrating its 100th anniversary. Now, I wasn't part of that, but Joy was part of that. She had a radio show here. Did you guys know that? She had a show for a couple of years. In fact, we always say, how did we ever become friends? Because she was opposite me, and she would try to go get me every week. And then I would, and it isn't my nature to be combative, but I would have to go back and get her because she was trying to take away my audience. And of course, I was trying to take away her audience. Luckily for all of us, she did a really interesting radio show. Barbara Walters hired her for The View. And the rest is history. She's the longest person, longest running person on The View, one of the most popular. So I think you're going to enjoy it. And she's written children's books. I mean, a lot of dimensions to a lot of people that you see in public that you don't know about. It's like we had Henry Winkler on the other day, and people couldn't believe. They all know Henry Winkler as an actor from the Fonz, from the movies he's doing now, from the TV shows. People said, who knew? He was a top children's book author. Most people was really startled to hear that. But Henry, at least 12 books, bestsellers. So don't judge books by their cover, even if it's good, because there's always something interesting about almost everyone. Anyway, guys, we're going to go right to the Joan Hamburg show, and you're going to meet our guest, and I'm going to take you to a restaurant we had a great experience in in Shelter Island. I'm going to give you a new adventure. And with everyone doing holidays, let's hope it goes smoothly and we can celebrate Thanksgiving this year. I'm going to give you an idea for what to do with the family, something you may not have known about or thought about. So take a breath, relax, because The Joan Hamburg Show is straight ahead. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Joan Eats. We had a really good eating adventure recently. I had company, and we spent a lot of time in the kitchen. It was cold. It was last weekend, and I'm still eating outside. And believe me, the frost was on the pumpkin. But Sunday, we had a little bit of sun, and I said, let's go to Shelter Island which is one of the beautiful places on the East End. 
So we got in a car, we took the ferry from North Haven, and we headed to the Ram's Head Inn, one of, to me, it's been a real part of Shelter Island, and we spent so much time there. In fact, one of my pals from early days in this business, John Gambling and his wife Sally, had a wonderful home there, and we would meet very often at Ram's Head Inn. And I was excited when I heard that a local family bought it, took it over, and we were heading out for brunch. They did such a good job, this family. They have really fixed it up, done it up. It's comfortable. It's pretty. There was a big roaring fire when we came in, and we sat on the porch. Can't tell you how lively it was. Everyone had their dogs. The dogs were running all over the place, greeting each other. In fact, the family at the table next to us had an Australian doodle, like an Australian labadoodle. And, of course, he liked what we were eating better than what he was eating with his family. So, of course, we became friendly with the family. They gave me all the dog information. I want to buy a non-allergic dog or gift one or rescue one for my granddaughter in California. And they're all, the kid wants it. The family is resisting a little because they know that who takes care of the dog. The kids all swear, but they just don't. And I've never not had a dog. This was one of the cutest dogs I ever saw. So let's talk about food. The brunch menu was so good. They started with a candied bacon Bloody Mary. Can you imagine? Candied bacon, delicious. Now, you don't have to have it. It isn't like a fixed brunch. But you had all kinds of appetizers from a cauliflower and artichoke soup with mushroom popovers, truffle oils, steamed little necks, Caesar salad, harvest salad, very good duck confit croquettes with apricot barbecue, pistachios, and then came the main courses. I had truly a delicious omelet. Broccolini and bacon omelet with cheddar, potato hash, and baby arugula. It was really good. And they had that duck confit hash. They had shrimp and grits, eggs benedict, blueberry cornmeal waffles, and by the way, the bread basket, was homemade was homemade um, muffins, delicious blueberry, all kinds of berries. We did not have the crispy chicken sandwich, but it looked really good. And they even had a burger. Now that's brunch, and the prices not inexpensive, but we had such a good time, and we were there for almost two hours. By the way, Ramshead is at one hundred eight South Ram Island Drive in Shelter Heights, 631-749-0811. You have to make a reservation, especially if you want to sit outside. A great place to go for dinner. Again, a whole lot of appetizers to choose from. And main courses, cracker-crusted halibut with little neck chowder, pan-seared sea scallops, short ribs, Duck breast from Crescent Farms, New York Strip, mushroom ravioli, really good entrees. 
and the most pleasant, friendly place. So if you're a day tripper or you're visiting vineyards or something on the North Fork, or even if you're on where I live on my side, the Hampton side, it took us no time, 20 minutes to get on the ferry and get there. And we had such a good time. So this is Ram's Head Inn, excellent service. And if you've got a dog, and some people brought really big dogs, and they all seemed very happy, as we were. So a good place to add to your, I really want to have brunch, and brunch only on the weekends. I want to have brunch or dinner there. Really a fun thing to do. All right, guys, stay tuned because we have lots more show. I'm Joan Hamper. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I was really happy today when I heard that Luanne de Lisseff, the Countess, an American TV personality, a cabaret singer, a writer, she had been a model, a nurse, Luann is really amazing. She's our Renaissance woman, and I couldn't believe that her kids are like grown up and artists because I forget how I met you, Luann. It was I don't even remember if you were the countess when I met you. Um, yes, absolutely, because you know I hi Joan. Hello, <laughs> it's so great Luann. to see you. I haven't seen you in a, in quite a while, so it's nice to be here in studio live with you. Let's just I say know that. we haven't done it in a long we time. We haven't done it in a long time. And so um, I think we met, you know, ap- soon after I started doing The Housewives. And, yeah. and of course, you know, I was married for 17 years. I, I, I got married in 1993. So I've been, you know, kind of holding that countess title now, a, a title of courtesy, you know. But it was good. It was good. It was great. I was married for 17 years, two kids later, and who are now like 25 and almost 27. So it's it's crazy to think, you know, they kind of grew up, um, you know, with me and, and this Housewives kind of journey. Uh, they were when we started, you know, I had Aston was a puppy who passed away. Now he oh, passed I'm away so uh, about a couple months ago. He was 15. And, uh, you know, and the kids were like... 10 and 12, you know, and here we are 14 years later. Right. <laughs> and accomplished kids and yes, artists. Yeah. Great. They're amazing. Noel is become a really accomplished painter and Victoria is an artist in her own right too. And very you know, successful in writing a book and uh, they're artists. My kids are artists. Very proud of them. And, um, and you know, what a ride it's been, you know, to still be here and talk about this is, is amazing. You know, well, it is amazing. And you are not only the ultimate survivor, but you have a lot of talent and you never let, even the housewives, which can destroy a lot of people. That's right. You never let those lovely ladies <laughs> take you down take the rabbit. Take me down. Right. Well, you know, God knows they've tried in the past. And, yeah. uh, you know, and Andy Cohen will tell you, he's like, you know, Luann is one of the most resilient people that I know. And, uh I grew up with seven, you know, six brothers and sisters. I'm one of seven. So, you know, I I always say that my family kind of prepared me for the housewives because you have to learn how to deal with a lot of different personalities and how to navigate. And so uh, so that's helped me throughout my career in television. It's helped me throughout my life um, and 
you know, honestly, my nursing skills have always come in handy. You know, there's always been something thrown at somebody in the show that I had to come first aid and raising children. And, you know, so, you know, I've I've worn a lot of hats and I think women do wear a lot of hats. You know, um, we're the... We're the wives, we're the mothers, we're the concierge, we're, you know, the travel agents, we're, you know, we're the businesswomen. We we wear a lot of hats. So I think there's a lot um, to be said for that. And I think that's why people love to watch The Housewives because they like to see us navigate our lives because I think all women have to do the same thing. And survival. And you have reinvented yourself Mm -hmm. so many times. (laughs) I mean, when you first did cabaret, I was, mm-hmm. how is Luann doing cabaret? Well, because we didn't know that you had a great voice and that you could write and do all that. Yeah, stuff. I, I do write all my music. You know, Money Can't Buy You Class, Chic Say La Vie, Feeling Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And now my latest, you know, I have a number of songs and uh, Viva La Diva with Desmond Child. I mean, I've gotten to work with some amazing people, sang with Natalie Cole on my show. I mean, and now my latest song written by Bruce Roberts and Billy Stritch. What do I want for Christmas um, is coming out uh, this, you know, this November soon, actually. I'm super excited about that. It's an original song, Christmas song. I've always wanted to do a Christmas song. And people have been asking me, why don't you do a Christmas song, you know, Countess? So I'm, I'm finally coming out with this song and I'm, you know, it's going to be on my tour coming up uh, for the holidays and super proud of it. And um and, you know, music is something that I've always loved. Uh, you know, I, what people don't know is I used to work for Italian television. I used to uh, work for Berlusconi in Milan and lived in Europe. And um, so music has always been kind of a part of my my thing. And a lot of people didn't understand that about me. And, and I do get into the creative process. I write my music. I work super hard at it. People think it's just, oh, you know, it's hard work. And you'll see uh, this season on The Housewives that I have the women come in to sing vocals on the songs. Smart to do. (laughs) Which they do. And they realize just how hard it is. I mean, they they always, you know, Countess and always, you know, Cabaret, Cabaret. Well, guess what? It's a serious job for me. It's a career that I love. I love performing. I love live performance. Um, and I work really hard at it. And so they got to see that. And so on this song, the girls are doing vocals and they are actually in the music video that's coming out. Um, and so it's really fun and people I think are going to really be shocked when they see, you know, all the women and we're all, you know, collaborating and all having a good time because, you know, that's what housewives is all about. Let's have a good time. Sure. There's drama. But people don't come to our show for politics. They don't come for an education. They come to be entertained. <laughs> they come to be entertained, and that's that's just the way it is. And uh, and I think that's what makes it work. And Luann was considered number one housewife, and believe me, that is a title harder to get than a boxer <laughs> in the ring. Oh yeah, I mean, I earned that title. Let me tell you, you. did with thirteen years and all with bruises and scrapes and scratches, and but you know, uh, it's actually it was TV Guide that voted me the number one well, housewife. So good. very proud of that. I like that. <laughs> and then when we talk about cabaret, this cabaret, and then this cabaret, but Luann at Feinstein's, she's at fifty four below. That's the jewel of cabaret. Yeah, I mean, really. That's where I got my start. You know, uh, when I started the show in 2018, uh, I was on a Live Nation tour for two years. I did 90 shows across the country in two years. Uh, it's been an amazing ride, you know, working with the best people in the business, you know, Billy Stritch and now Richard J. Alexander yeah, is my all the big stars. Richard J. Alexander is my new director, who is Kristen Chenoweth's director, Barbara Streisand's director. 
So I have quite the team and iconic people that I'm working with. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a great show and, you know, produced and done really well and directed very well. And, and I work really hard at it. And, you know, the show is going to be across the country now again, and I'm doing the Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, I'll have a lot of shows in Florida coming up um, at the end of the month That's fun. for the holidays. Yeah. Tampa and Orlando and Fort Lauderdale. And, um, and then I'll be in Jersey and D.C. and, you know, and of course, New York, where I got my start at 54 Below. And we're going to put it all up online. And you can also go to CountessLuann.com and get everything, get all the information. So in the middle of all this, where did the wine business come from? <laughs> well, it's actually not the wine business. It's um, non-alcoholic. It's a non-alcoholic sparkling rosé because, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, I didn't want to. Um, drink and my my daughter doesn't drink so the both the two of us were sitting there we go okay what can we get that's non-alcoholic that's good that tastes good and that's not caloric because a lot of things have a lot of calories so that's where the idea of the fose rosé was born you know fose meaning kind of a play on faux not real Uh um and you can drink fose all day and not get drunk so you know that's where the idea came from was really out of necessity for the two of us and um and you know then I uh, formed a partnership with Ken um, Euphorics and not only does it taste good and it's low calorie it's in a very elegant bottle um and so there's a stigma around not drinking you order a Perrier and people are like eh, eh. but if you have a bottle of Fosé it actually looks like a bottle of Rosé looks like a bottle of Whispering Angel. You know, and so th- I want to take away the stigma of not drinking. I think a lot of people are getting sober these days, and there's a lack of something on the market that's quite like this. So I'm super proud that's going to be coming out for the holidays, and um, and it's really good, Joan. I, I got to tell you, no, I can't wait to try that. Mm-hmm. But I've always been an eater rather than a drinker. Now look, I love at you, to eat. <laughs> but you, you, you don't look like a serious eater, Joan. You don't know what I had last night. I had asabuco and risotto oh, for you're dinner. Kidding. I Home swear to God. You went to a no, I was at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I was at a restaurant, and uh, and anyway, so people think that I don't. I am a big eater. No, I love to eat and I love to drink. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Sometimes we have to cut back on the things that we love. Exactly. That's why the fose is there. <laughs> That's why. No, seriously. So that, we can eat the asabuco. <laughs> it's okay. And it and the thing is, you can do that if it's good with sparkling, mm-hmm. because sparkling mm-hmm. isn't the same to me as you know mm-hmm. a deep red wine. Oh right. Well, a deep you red know, wine. So Listen, you can get deep... away with it and have right. it really good. And right. Taste. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's you know it's. For me, it's if you have something in your hand, it's that's part of the thing. When you go to a party, you know, it's all about having something in your hands. Right. It's not necessarily sometimes what you're drinking per se, um, but yeah, there is no replacing a good red wine and a good cheese. You know, that's for sure. Right. I mean, I wish I had the glass in my hand instead. It's usually an hors d'oeuvre, which is not, <laughs> which is not good. So I haven't seen you in such a long time. Well, most of us haven't seen anyone. In right. a year and a half. Yes. Your social life? Well, my social life is, uh, right now, is is uh, I'm focusing on my cabaret tour. So I've got a lot of rehearsals coming up, and I'm in rehearsal right now. So that's really my focus. But after New Year's, darling, watch out. out. I'm single and ready to mingle. Okay. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Are there a lot of good guys? Oh, well, you know. You never look better. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, good guys, good guys are hard to come by, um, but there's always 
that one special person. And, and it's when you're not looking that it always happens. So I'm a big believer in love. I love romance. I love love. I've been married twice. So three times the charm, they say. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And I'm all good. Al- yeah, almost ready to go. Yeah, and I get so much joy and love for my fans through the cabaret shows that, you know, I'm not missing that right now in my life. God knows I'd love to have it, but, you know, it can wait. Yeah, I put my money on you. We're, we're waiting to hear what the next adventure is with Luann. And don't forget, CountessLuann.com will tell you where Luann is going. And if you've never been to Feinstein's 54 Below, it's probably the best cabaret room. I love we it. We don't have a lot anymore in no, the city. No, no. And this is a great one. Michael Feinstein started it, dear Michael. Yes, I, I love Michael. I know him very well. And um, I do a lot of his clubs. You know, I'm probably going to be out in San Francisco at yeah. Nico's. Oh, that's uh, I love that club. And so, I, you know, I'm just so happy that I found this passion. You know, I'm very passionate about my cabaret and what I do. And, um, and that gives me a lot of joy. And so I'm spreading the joy for the holidays. That's our girl. <laughs> Come back and visit me again. I love seeing you. That sweater, by the way. Thank you, Joan. It's really good. Now, don't tell me you knit it. I'll go yeah, home and right. Cry. When I'm not, you know, rehearsing cabaret, I'm knitting. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't put it back. And it's so soft. I got this out in California. I was just there it's doing really some good. appearances. Good yeah, thank you. How was working in L.A. or San Francisco? Well, I was out doing, I did the Kelly Clarkson show, which was awesome. And She's uh, awesome, right? She's awesome. I love her. She is the Funny nicest and person and dear. And she st- broke into song with me. She started singing Money Can't Buy You Class right there with me. And I posted on Instagram, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And, uh, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of, you know, E and Extra. And, you know, Good. we have not only my tour coming up, but we have the Ultimate Girls Trip. Coming up on Peacock, which is a trip that they take, you know, um, some of their top talent from all the different franchises of Housewives. And they send us on vacation to the Turks and Caicos. They're like, Luann, do you want to go? I'm like, sure. Pay me to go on vacation. I'm going. I'm done. I think you need me to babysit you. Oh, honey. (laughs) That's one of the most beautiful islands. Oh, my God. I've never seen water that turquoise in my life. It's unbelievable. swimming. It's gorgeous. When my kids were little. Mm-hmm. And Turks and Caicos was like nothing. Mm-hmm. Then we actually went to a club med. Oh yeah, and because there weren't all those wonderful hotels, hotels then. Mm-hmm. And I never. The kids to this day say they never went anywhere where the water was like so beautiful. Someone painted it. Yeah, it's I know. So beautiful. It's so and it's so crystal clear. It's like you know, it's it's unbelievable. It's so clean, clear, and it's and gorgeous. and a turquoise like I've never seen. It's almost green. Yeah, well, yeah. It sounds maybe you'll find the perfect next man. Oh well, right I don't there know. On a beach, I don't know. I'm thinking about Mexico next. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but Mexico, you have to watch what you eat. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> And watch, you know, who you hang out with. Exactly. (laughs) You don't want anyone's hands in your pocket. I know. (laughs) Anyway, I love seeing you. Come back and visit again. Thank you, Joan. It's great to be here, back with you again. And we'll come watch you at Cabaret. We'll drink your non-alcoholic wine. Fosé all day, Joan, yes. That's a good one. Yeah, Fosé all day. Fosé all day. Yeah, it's Fosé, not Frosé. Frosé is frozen. Right. This is sparkling rosé, which is delicious. All right, we're ready. Thank you, Joan. Happy holidays and all the and best to you. to you. And I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening 
to WABC. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, a very busy day, but it's catch-up time. And here at WABC, everyone's been talking about the 100th anniversary, all this and that. And it's coincidental that I happen to be talking to the co-host of The View, one of America's funniest women, and by the way, great cook. In her past life, she was in a kitchen somewhere in Italy making lasagna for the village. I don't know why her lasagna is so good, and I hate to keep pushing it because then everyone bothers how they want a lasagna for Christmas. Yeah, why don't... Why don't I just market the thing already and make some money on it? But, you know, nah. you know, nah. you could market it. <laughs> you have to teach someone how to make it. But it, exactly. you, you make it from scratch with sausage, and uh, I could right. eat it right now. Anyway, we're not going to talk. We, You know, we do talk a lot about food. But join co-host of ABC's View <clears throat> from the time she was just a young girl. <laughs> I well, remember. we have it, you know. But you're having your tw- your hundredth anniversary, or we are all having that because we're all part of ABC. But the View is having its twenty fifth anniversary. We've been on the air for twenty five years. I know. That's almost you know Regis Philbin area we're coming into here. Well, and even more difficult because most shows like the View don't have that kind of lifespan. I remember when Barbara Walters like pointed her finger and at you, you. And it was like, who, me? And, and, that, and that's really when it started. I remember I was in a, a some, I forget what television show I was doing, but I was in the makeup room, our favorite part of TV, hair and makeup. And yeah. you were there for some reason and Talking about the fact that you were up for a job at The View and Barbara Walters seemed to like you. Yeah. And Amazing, that, isn't it? It was the change of your life, really. <laughs> she did like me. She did like me. And I liked her. I mean, I miss her now, to tell you the truth. I wish she were there some days, you know. I we know. have so many stories about her that would just make us laugh, you know. But, um, no, I never, I didn't expect to have this kind of career, you know, because I was a People keep texting me. You hear that noise? Yeah. And I'm I'm such a moron. I don't know how to stop them from doing it. There's a way to get off the thread, but I don't know how to do it. But anyway, Barbara, she was the kind of um, of a uh, hero for me because here she comes up with a show that's right in my neighborhood. Can you ask for? Anyone? No. I mean, look to me a job. The main thing about a job is location because I don't <laughs> want to go schlepping around every morning. And the location of this job has always been phenomenal, right near where I live. That's why I've been there for 25 years, I think. Right, except you moved. Well, we've got to move them a little lower down. But I move around New York City. I don't right. move into leave. another state. Yeah, no, I didn't and... have to move to California, for example, where I almost was about to be in the sitcom there. And then I get a call from Bill Getty, who was the executive producer, and he said, we're offering you this job. And I said, I'll take it. And that that was the because I could now work in New York City. That was my main right. And you had a kid, you had a child, yeah. a young child That's going right. to school, and a lot of stuff. But a lot of people don't realize 
that you really paid your dues. I mean, you went from being a school teacher, living yeah. out on Long Island, to being a receptionist for right. WABC. Good morning, America. Good morning, America. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I go way back with ABC because then, you know, when I had my radio show at WABC in 1991, I believe, 89 to 91 maybe. I think I was on for two or three years. <clears throat> and I was opposite you, John. I was telling the audience that <laughs> I would get in the car and drive up to Providence. I forget which kid was at Brown at that time. And I would turn on the radio and it would really be annoying because there was Joy Behar, who, and doing all this stuff on the radio. And I knew it wasn't good to have her against me. I tried so hard to get her another job. Well, they got me another job because they did get rid of me after a while on that on that channel. Because, um, you know, people were out there. I hate to sound paranoid, but there were people who didn't want me to be there because they had other ideas of who they wanted to be there. Of and course. so they did get rid of me. They put somebody else in there and she failed, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say about her, but it didn't work. So there you go. Karma. Is yeah, but well, it was the best thing <laughs> that ever happened to you because you didn't love it so much. No, I did, well, you know, I but I like radio. I, the reason I I didn't love it is because they put me on a right wing station, and I'm you know everybody knows I'm a liberal Democrat, and people would call me with their little nasty remarks, and I had to deal with the public, <laughs> and I was not crazy about that. So I, I vowed that I would never do that type of a radio show again, and I never did. And and right. you know, when I, when, yeah, you know, Joe, whenever I've gotten fired. Things have worked out much better for me every single time, including getting fired from my marriage. Every time I'm kicked out of something, I do better afterwards. But that's a good life's lesson for a lot of people mm -hmm. because most of us, if we lose the job we have, we feel the end is here. We'll never work again. But you always no. came out on the other side. And I forget how the view really started. So you had the radio, they kicked you off the radio, which I must say, it made me very happy. <laughs> no, you were pretty tough competition. I know, if I, but if I knew how lovely you were then, I didn't know that about you. You know, if I knew what an absolute freaking saint, a sainted, wonderful Joan you are, I would have been guilty that I was even having, even if my ratings would go better than yours, I would feel guilty. I don't know if that was even true. But I mean, I was not aware of who you were at that time. Well, we didn't, and, we and, didn't and, really and, know. But look at, I'm gone from the radio and you're still there. Well, okay? Yeah, so but you're on the view. who was the champion of the radio? All right. But who's the champion of the radio? You are. Yeah. Well, I've been doing it a long time and you've been doing uh -huh. the view for a long time, but I forgot how that started. Were you working at that time at something else when Barbara Walters um, sort of anointed um, you? Well, um, I was working at being a stand-up comedian mostly, you know, I was making a living doing stand-up comedy <clears throat> and I would do here and there other kinds of stuff. But uh, she saw me at an event and she hired me based on that event. Because she was looking for people, you know. I mean, imagine tr trying to put a show like that together. And we auditioned in a hotel room in New York City, uh, Star Jones, Meredith Vieira, Debbie Matinopoulos, and me. And we were the first group to come together. And then they would add and subtract. And, uh, and interestingly enough, she picked the original 
four who were there. Yeah. And, and then she, yeah. No, it's interesting because some of them you've brought back. Well, we're in the process. My executive producer now is has a very nostalgic bent. Yeah. And he likes the idea of that the old timers. Yeah, yeah, bringing back people who were there and celebrating the twenty-five years that way. And so people have been coming back, and it's been fun to see everybody. No, and it was fun when the show first started too. And the View, despite <clears throat> naysayers, became a huge hit. It didn't take that long for that show to catch on, the and first for show. you, for the first, yeah, yeah it the wasn't, first but it, it wasn't a big hit at first because. We, unbeknownst to us, and this is like maybe inside baseball, but you have to, when you have a show on television, you, you have to also get all of the local stations to tune you in. You know, like WABC is a local station, New York and the environs. So they could opt out of the view and put something else in there. And I don't remember if they did or they didn't at the time, but there were stations like that all over the country that were not attuned into us. So Barbara had to do like a house-to-house calls. <laughs> Barbara she would like Walters, go to, yeah. yeah, Barbara would go to all these different places and tell them, put us on. She actually did that. That is that is a trooper. Right. She wanted that show to succeed. And it did, beyond anyone's <clears throat> wildest expectations. What I told yeah. our audience earlier, that, you know, you look at people like you, co-host of The View, on television, but you don't know the whole story, obviously. And I talked about you and writing plays and the things that you do. Uh, Being a performer is one part, but the writer part is also very strong. And I told them about the play that we went to see at Guildhall and how funny. And the discipline that, that, you know, during the pandemic, I spent most of my time eating. You... We're perfectly happy to eat. I was eating, too. You but, eating you know, too. I, strangely, I did not gain weight during COVID. And this is what I attribute it to, walking up and down the stairs. Because as long as I have an, a, a, a motive to move, I will move. But this is why I don't understand the Peloton. I don't understand gym. I don't understand any of that. Because a treadmill in particular, you're going nowhere, okay? You're on this thing going nowhere. So if you give me an objective, like let's say, let's take a two-mile walk to Bloomingdale's, I will do that. Right. But if it has no reason to be, I don't want to do it. No, but 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 you— I had a reason to be, to go upstairs, get something, come downstairs. Oh, I forgot my lipstick, go back upstairs like that. That's good. But you also—I mean— I watched you. You were disciplined. You took playwriting classes. You yeah. you made yourself right. And I could not force. I don't know what happened. I just couldn't make myself do that. I've been working on that book that I have. It's like an yeah. albatross well, around did. my neck. I just couldn't make it. I just can't seem to finish it. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned in my old age, and this is a tip for anybody who's listening who wants to expand their horizons, is to sort of like understand something about yourself, whatever it is that motivates you. Now, in my case, what makes me move is a deadline and accountability. And where do you get that? Well, you could get that in classes. I always say if I were going to re-retire, I would just go back to school. And keep taking them. Yeah, so so you didn't write your book because you're not in a group that would say right. to you, okay, Joan, next week I want you to bring in a chapter so everyone can read it. You're you would do it. Trust right. me. I would. Yeah. yeah. I so that's would what do I that. did, and that's how I got it done. Otherwise, I would not get it done. 
But a play is is a totally different discipline and a different way to write. And you had to teach yourself that compared to other books. You've written children's books and other things. But this is a different discipline. Now, let me say one more thing about my play. We don't have to talk about it too much, but it's called Crisis in Queens. And it's a comedy about Italian-Americans. And I grew up an Italian-American, even though people think I'm Jewish. I'm actually... 92% 92% Italian, according to 23andMe. And I know these Italians like the back of my brajol, okay? I know what went on in those days and how people think and talk. So I wrote a play about, but it's about a woman who's trying to find herself. Right. It's a comedy. And so I really think, I hope I can get this thing produced at some point. We're having another reading on November 12th, but your readings are one thing. Productions require a lot of money and but <laughs> I hope that it does it because it's funny, and I want people to laugh. I think we're in such terrible times right now. There's so much grief and misery out there. I want people to come in and for an hour and a half have a good time, and that's my motivation. And that's what happened when we went to see it, and you're right. Most of us still have the remnants of a little black cloud around our heads. Yes, I know. And a lot of people have suffered. I walk in my neighborhood and see one shuttered store after another. And you think of all, it does, all these people's lives. But the character in your play, so many people can relate to. Uh, An old classmate comes back and starts talking about her success, her successful children. She went to law school. And your character is law school. She could barely go to any school. Right. And she just barely graduated high school, but right. she's not stupid. She just wasn't. She said, I don't even know. I didn't even think of it. Law school. How would you even think of that? Of course, this is the 70s. Remember, of it's course. not now. Women, uh-huh. like most of the people in law school now are lawyers. <laughs> I mean, are women. Yeah. Are women. No, true. Yeah. It's true. But, you know, you know, you want to hear something? One time I read that the top of the class out of law school are the professors. The middle are the lawyers and the bottom half are the judges. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's unreal. (laughs) I wonder if that's true. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. I don't think Judge Judy falls into that category. She's too smart. She is smart and she had a different thing. When we Mm -hmm. were kids, when I got married, my husband was very friendly with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her husband, Marty. Marty was his pal, and he married Ruth. And I still remember, everyone talked about how brilliant she was. She couldn't get a job for anything. Couldn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, taught and did all kinds of things. But it took years and years and years before she really set on her way. Yeah. So, I mean. I know. But it's. It's really a good story, and I the, hope the great Mort, the great Mort Hamburg, right? The, the dear departed, unfortunately, was the reason that we got to talk to Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her chambers when you and I and the oldies took a trip to Washington D.C. Remember, Steve, of course, was there. We you have, and your husband, and Alan and Arlene Alda. We had the and we best. Had a wonderful oh time. God, we had such a wonderful time. And that same group, we have this little travel group. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say we traveled a lot. I'd say we ate a lot. And we, but <laughs> well, we went on a lot of trips. We together. had a lot of trips, and we had the best time. The Washington D.C. trip was great because Joy got us into the White House. My husband yeah. got us into Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We had all kinds of goodies, and then 
we went to Cuba and had we were like the last people allowed in. And yeah. that was a fantastic trip. That was a wonderful trip. I mean, I feel bad for the people of Cuba who yeah. suffer. I don't know what the reason is, the very complicated reason. But they were the loveliest people and creative. It's all about the music and the art right. down there. We loved it. And that was a great trip. And then we women went to Berlin as a group. See, I like to go to places that have history associated with them. You know, so Cuba was interesting, Washington, Berlin, and then also we went to um, we went to London, of course. Well, there's all the history there that you want to have. And the other place we went to was Charleston, which uh, you did not come on that one, Joan. No, I think but, I was my usual clumsy self and tripped. I think I broke something, which is but par the for the to course. But Charleston was great because I personally went to a uh, plantation. We did. Steve and I, and to, it opened your eyes about what went on during slavery. Right, and, we didn't. You know, people are now people are now discussing, you know, the uh, critical race theory, et cetera, and teaching it and everything. They should take a, uh, side trips to these places where there are slave quarters and see how these people lived and what happened there. No. So that was an eye opener. I mean, well, that's you know, like Germany yeah. because unless you're oh. really there and can touch the history, you mm-hmm. can't really. You think you get what went on but when you're there it just it wrenches at your heart and remember that one place we went to joan that was like a it was just railroad tracks yeah and that was where they were putting people on trains and it was right in the neighborhood a a middle class suburban area lovely houses sun was shining and you can believe that these innocent people ay 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 but anyway those were interesting trips that uh, educate and entertain you in many ways. I mean, you know, we you go out to dinner and then you have a historical trip. Another great trip is to go to Venice where you go to the Doge Palace. Oh, yeah. I think there, that was it's interesting. Wonderful. So many, I want to go to Italy. I think I'm going to go next uh, spring again to Italy. Oh, I hope so. And uh, let's hope we all, everyone has a lot of trips and adventures in their future without being afraid. And hopefully by then we won't need our mask. Although if you go to Asia, anytime, long before the pandemic, everyone wears masks because they don't want to yeah. get, you know, flu, cold, sick. I, I know they do that in Japan. I wonder what the rate of colds is in Japan. You know, I wonder if they have lower rates of colds and flus and things, you well, know? That would be a good story because you yeah. never see anyone on public transportation in those places without masks, without including mask. the children. They, it's second nature to them. So tell I me. from now on, wouldn't you go take a mask on, put a mask on from now on if you were in a crowded subway? Yes, because we I all would. have anxiety from everything mm-hmm. that's happened. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I keep in my pocket all the time. Mask. Yeah, that's a good thing to carry with you now. Your lipstick, your phone. And a Kleenex. Um, a Kleenex and the mask. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, tell me, your play is being workshopped now. And are you working on anything else or the play is the focus beside your well, day job? No, the pl- well, I'm almost done with the play because I cut it down from 107 pages to like 80, 85, 84 pages, which is probably, I'm trying to get it to be less than an hour and a half because that's the... Uh, attention span most, mostly lately. I mean, my you know, my friend Bernadette, she went to see the Lehman trilogy, three and a half hours I with know. the mask in the theater. That, she said it was brilliant, but how could you sit there? No, it's very hard. I find that going to theater when you wear a good, you know, like a 95 mask or a good mask, not those paper blue ones, 
Yeah. It's hard to breathe. You know, it's one thing for an hour, an hour 20, but two and a half hours is tough. Anyway, I hope you don't cut the play too much because it's a relief to laugh and a joy to laugh. And you have given us all a gift. Congratulations on the anniversary of The View, on completing a play and all the other good things in life. And yeah. You know, I preceded Rush Limbaugh in my show and the WNBC. I remember. And I, would, I would see him running around, you know, uh, the place. And he said to me one time, you think I'm stupid, don't you, Joy? I said, no, I don't think you're stupid. I think you're misguided. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know. He was actually fun. You know, he was a fun person. Every time he'd see me after the radio show was finished, he'd see me at an event and he would lift me up. Pick me up and lift me up. Oh. Now, he's a strong guy because I'm no lightweight. No, he's a strong guy. And he, tr- we've got to give him his due, a brilliant broadcaster. He knew he was, the mood yeah. of the country at the time, and he yeah. accommodated himself. One of the guys who discovered him used to tell me that he found him and that he was doing DJ stuff. He wasn't uh-huh. like some hidden political guy. He was doing yeah. other stuff, and he found him. And he grew up to be Rush Limbaugh, one of the right. brilliant people and a pioneer in our industry. Anyway, yeah, my dear. On, I, I think she was on my side and your side. But. Yeah, but I'm happy to uh, <laughs> yeah. talk to you. Have a good, safe trip, and we'll see right. you soon. All right, I hope to see you soon. Very Goodbye, soon. Thank Bye-bye. you, Bye. And that's Joy Behar, co-host of The View, with her many talents. Thank you all for sharing, Joy. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC your favorite radio station. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Ask Joan. Now that we're coming close to the holidays, people are starting to ask us, what can we do? What should we do? Is there anything new? Well, nothing new, but Radio City is coming back with the Christmas show this year. Don't forget, we haven't seen it in a while because of COVID. So it's always something special, holiday time. But we have something new. It's called Summit One Vanderbilt. You know about this? It's an immersive observatory experience. It actually opened October 21st. But when we've talked to them, They said, get your tickets now. This is very popular. It has breathtaking views of New York City. However, I never thought I didn't like heights, but it's a little scary for me. Probably not you guys. It's achieved a great interest level. There's a little too much thrill for me, but people who have done it say it's incredible. It's inside, they call it One Vanderbilt, Summit One Vanderbilt. It's inside a new 1,401-foot-tall tower on East 42nd Street. It's right across from Grand Central. There are three exhibits. There's an air exhibit using reflective mirrored floors, three floors of the building. Ladies, try to wear pants. Don't wear a skirt. This is not good. So tights, pants, because the floors are all mirrored, whatever. So don't get surprised. The second 
is levitation. That's skyboxes. This is what I couldn't do. Guests can step out from the envelope of the building and stand on transparent glass 1,063 feet above Madison Avenue. I couldn't possibly do that. And I don't have a fear of heights, but that's part of the experience. Then the next is called Ascent, and that's an all-glass elevator with a transparent glass floor, and it takes you from the terrace level up the side of the building to over 1,200 feet and the highest viewing point in Midtown Manhattan. And by the way, Danny Meyer, the wonderful Danny Meyer from Union Square, is doing the culinary stuff there. So there's going to be indoor and outdoor bars, an all-day lounge, a cafe, very creative snacks. So go to summitov.com, S-U-M-M-I-T-O-V dot com. You need a time ticket to go. Believe it or not, we tried a lot of dates and time before November is over, and we had a tough time getting them. So ticket prices are not expensive. $39 for adults, a $5 discount for New York City residents. Sunset tickets, $10 more. And if you're doing the Ascent experience, an additional fee. So again, dress appropriately. Pants, shorts, or tights. Do not wear high heels, steel-toe boots, sports cleats, because they're not going to be allowed. They'll make you take it off because you'll damage the glass floors. And all visitors over 12 at this point have to show proof of vaccination or you can't get in. So this is the latest New York experience. All right, guys, I'm looking at the clock. We're coming up to three. And you've got the rest of Sunday ahead of you. And don't forget, we do this every Sunday, starting at 2 o'clock. And you can join us on our podcast. We podcast the show. And Let Me Tell You is our original podcast with all kinds of good information. So thank you so much for being part of the Joan Hamburg Show. Stay tuned.